This is Truth Pop. Yeah, welcome to another episode of Truth Pop. So it's a special a bonus episode we're throwing in for you. My name is Jake, and you might be wondering, okay, where is the other half of cake? Where's Kathy? Where's my wife, Kathy? Well, she's uh, she's not on this episode. She'll be back with you again next time. But what we wanted to do on this special bonus episode is bring to you a special interview that I did at Seek 2019. If you know anything about Focus, the Fellowship of Catholic University students, so Focus puts on this special five-day Catholic conference, which brings together like 15,000 college students from around the country. Every other year, Seek has just a tremendous impact on the lives of young Catholic students who are just looking for, you know, maybe a little bit more purpose in life. So anyway, Seek 2019 happened in Indianapolis this year, and I was able to talk to a lot of the speakers who were there, like Father Mike Schmitz, Dr. Scott Hahn, Leah Darrow, Jason Everett. If you want to hear the full-length interview, you can actually download the Relevant Radio app. We did a special premiere podcast between Relevant Radio and Focus, and you can listen to that, that premiere podcast, which will bring you the full-length interviews once again on the Relevant Radio app. But uh, like I said, wanted to bring you at least some of the interviews that were done at Seek. Uh, we're going to start out with a great interview that was done with Dr. Scott Hans, a biblical expert, like a biblical connoisseur. He knows his Bible well, but we decided to change the game a little bit and talk to him about marriage. You know, navigating the waters of dating, the difficult waters of dating, a little scary in college, right? So I thought he had some really helpful advice for you. I wanted to play some of that for you now. This is Truth Pop Unplugged. Talking to Dr. Scott Hahn, he is a popular speaker and teacher. He's delivered numerous talks nationally and internationally. Also professor at Franciscan University of Steubenville. Now, Dr. Hahn, we're going to talk a little bit about marriage. So, Dr. Hahn, what would you say then to someone who might be a very faithful young Catholic and, and they are looking for someone with that spiritual background, but they don't happen to be Catholic. So what would you say to someone who is looking at the possibility of dating a non-Catholic? They might be spiritual, but they may not have the same religious background. Well, there are two questions there. You know, on the one hand, what do you do when you're struggling to find a good spouse? Right. And, I, and then the other one is, what do you do if you're, you know, looking at a, a non-Catholic? I would say, first of all, you need to cultivate contentment. And, and to kind of surrender that sense of anxiety that you have. And I know I went through that for at least a year in college. And so I deliberately went on what we called a dating fast. And I said, Lord, I want to I really be content with you, and I want to find somebody eventually who's also content with you so that I don't become a substitute God for them, and they don't become that for me. I also would say that what you ought to be looking for in you know uh in in preparing yourself to be a spouse and to find one is to say what can i do to make myself the greatest wedding gift to the other person in the time that i have between now and when i have you know when i'm engaged when i'm getting married um but i you know i get back to contentment offering the anxiety to the lord i would also say praying in novena and at the bottom line i here's what i did i i said i want to be the most I want to be the strongest man of God that I can be. In a competitive way, I want to be the strongest man of God on campus. So when I approach the strongest and most beautiful woman of God on campus, I have a fighting chance. 
And by my senior year, I, I, I scored big time with, uh, <laughs> with my future bride, Kimberly. Uh, but conversely, the question about dating non-Catholics, I think, generally speaking, it's a bad idea. St. Paul speaks in Second Corinthians about the danger of being unequally yoked. Sure. And if dating is ordered to something more than itself, in fact, if it is a kind of preparation for marriage, then to enter into the covenant and sacrament of marriage, but not to be able to share the marriage supper of the Lamb, the Holy Eucharist, Holy Communion, and to share the Mass as sort of the place where you get renewed and reinvigorated to go back home and to live out your own marriage covenant. I think that's a real, that's a real deficiency. And so, generally speaking, I would say that missionary dating is a bad idea. Uh, you know, it, it's sort of like an employer who's evangelizing on a job interview, and every prospective employee is naturally going to kind of say, well, yeah, I'm open to your faith. So if somebody is dating you, and they're interested in you, and you're trying to get them to come all the way around to becoming a Catholic, it's almost unfair pressure you're putting on them. And you're never really sure whether their motives are mixed. And so I would say if you can avoid it, do so. And if you can get out of it, do so. And if you're in a situation now where you can't get out of it because of engagement or perhaps even marriage, then just consecrate yourselves to our Lord, and you should do it to Our Lady and to St. Joseph. And then, really, if you are in a relationship where you are not both Catholics, I would say focus on the common ground. Hmm. We have about 85 to 90 percent or more of our faith in common with evangelical Protestants. We tend to fixate on our differences and then kind of get get locked into disagreements and begin and end with Jesus Christ, the sacred scriptures, the power of the Holy Spirit, and just ask our Lord to build as much as possible on the common ground. But if, if, again, on the other hand, you're not in a relationship like that, or if you have an option of avoiding or getting out of it, I would say that that kind of common ground isn't enough of a foundation to build a marriage and a family upon especially because the kids will later on pick up on the differences in your faith. And I think, generally speaking, sociologists tell us that kids tend to resent religion more when they sense that it's a source of division between their parents. I want to go back to something, Dr. Han, that you had mentioned briefly. Uh, The idea of looking for your spouse or your future spouse to be your God. And I think that's really interesting. I'd like to focus on that because this might just be my perspective as a a millennial, but I think there's a lot of other millennials out there who are looking to find a spouse to fill that hole of emptiness that can only be filled by God. Right. And, and so I think that's, I think that's so important to ask ourselves as millennials, okay, why are we looking for a spouse to begin with? Is it to give or is it to get something? Do you see that, you know, as as a professor and in dealing with young people, is this a problem uh, that you're seeing span out wider? Or do you think that most young people really do understand the, the purpose and nature of marriage uh, that it's supposed to be? Great question. You know, whatever the generational markers are, you know, millennials, Gen Xers, Mm -hmm. or in my case, you know, baby boomer, uh, I think it's a human, I think it's human nature um, to kind of compensate for whatever is lacking in my relationship with our Lord uh, by looking for that in another person. And so often when that other person is interested in you just as you are interested in them, there's almost a sense in which you, you play act out of love 
you know, and then only discover too late that you really can't continue that sort of charade. Right. You can't continue pretending to be what only God can be. And this is why one of the things that I did deliberately after my dating fast, or actually before, during, and after my dating fast, was I plunged myself not only into serious study as a, a major, uh, I was actually triple majoring in theology, philosophy, and economics. Oh, wow. I was also an RA. But I threw myself into apostolic ministry. At the time, I was a Protestant, so it was Young Life. And I organized a staff of about 10 volunteers who helped me reach out to Grove City Public High School. Just as a Young Life leader had been used by God to reach me when I was really a kind of juvenile delinquent. So I was targeting them. And I was deliberately finding the strongest men and women of God on campus and asking if they would really commit to a year or two of evangelistic outreach. And one of them, I clearly had an eye. You know, I, I had my heart was open to Kimberly. But when we weren't looking at each other all the time, we were looking at other people who needed our Lord. Hmm. I could just see the way God used her, and she could see the way our Lord was using me as well. So when we would come together, we would have a lot to talk about in terms of our Lord and our faith and the outreach. And we were spending ourselves not on each other, but on others. And I could just see that generosity of spirit, her spiritual magnanimity. And at the same time, I could see her natural virtues, and I could just, I, you couldn't help but pick up on the fact that uh, others really enjoyed being around her as much as I did. Well, not, maybe not as much as I did, but, uh, you know, these are some of the things that I, I, I found helped me to make it so that my, my girlfriend wasn't a crutch yeah. that I would lean upon like our Lord. Getting some really valuable marriage advice from Dr. Han. And actually, as a newlywed myself, uh, married three months ago, this is, I'm taking notes here, Dr. Han, and I appreciate you, uh, you know, basically dealing with this important topic. Uh, again, as we're getting off of Seek 2019, I, I know so many college students have gotten something out of this conference. And I look at my past conference and retreat experiences, and I know that it's so easy to walk away with that retreat high. But then maybe a week, two weeks later, that retreat high goes away. And it's so easy to fall back into the normal routine. And it's easy to let faith go by the wayside again. So I want to talk about some takeaways, Dr. Hahn. What are three takeaways that you have for Sikh attendees to keep that faith alive and keep that flame alive in their hearts? Well, first of all, I want to say congratulations, Jake, on your, <laughs> on your wedding. How exciting Thank and how you. beautiful is that? I know. Second of all, I would say that you're right. Whenever you come away from a retreat experience, especially Sikh, there really is a mountaintop experience, and it's hard to get back to the valley. You know, but that's precisely where you've got to find the routine, the spiritual disciplines, the daily prayer, the friendships that will help you be accountable, that sort of thing. And since we've been talking so much about, you know, marriage and family, I would say recognize that life is not a sprint but a marathon. And so pace yourself, not only in the aftermath of Seek, in the days and the weeks and the months to come, but also in the months and the years and the decades to come. When I got when I graduated and got married right out of college, we went off to grad school. And, you know, we shortly discovered the teaching of the Catholic Church about openness to life. And so before we had graduated from grad school, uh, we were expecting our firstborn. And now, thanks be to God, you know, we have six kids, uh, five sons and one daughter, as I, as I like to say, one rose and five thorns. <laughs> but we also have 17 grandkids. 
15 who are alive and out, and then two who are due in May. Prayers for them would be greatly appreciated. And it's such a joy to recognize the fruits of a long obedience in the same direction, living this covenant and discovering the fruit of the sacrament, the two becoming one, and the one we became was so real that we had to come up with a name for our firstborn, and then our secondborn, and our thirdborn. And we've got two in the seminary now studying for the priesthood for the Diocese of Steubenville. And we can see that spiritual generosity in them, in Jeremiah and Joseph. But I would say, you know, don't take, you know, don't take your cues from the culture. Take them from the Lord Jesus Christ. And find kindred spirits, men and women who long to become saints, who long to pray and to grow in virtue and to encourage you and others to do so. Men especially, you know, we need St. Joseph, we need fraternity, spiritual brotherhood, accountability, especially with regard to the Internet and pornography and purity and all of the things that we need to kind of grow up into virtue, into godliness, into true manhood in Christ. I mean, but stepping back and just looking at it again, remember that life is a marathon. So don't try to become a saint, you know, in a weekend. Make sure that everything that you take away from seek, you continue you continually return to and reflect upon. And and one way to do it that I found early on was keep a journal. I've lost track. I think I have somewhere between twenty and thirty oh, wow. journals or volumes of that that go all the way back to college. But I, I would say that that is also a kind of valuable way of mapping that marathon that life is. So I hope somebody can find some insight and wisdom in all of that. Amen. And, and Dr. Hunt, you have some resources through the St. Paul Center. Yeah, the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology is the organization that we've established to kind of advance the new evangelization in conjunction with uh, some good friends of mine who are former students who live with us. Uh, you might know of Tim Gray or mm-hmm. Ted Sree or Curtis Martin. These were students of mine back in the 90s who stayed with my family. They became truly members of my family. But I, I would say that to all of us share this passion for the new evangelization. And in particular, the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology is sort of the thing that represents my legacy. Kimberly and I were talking about it in the late 90s. We got started about 2002, and now we have over 40 full-time employees and a number of student interns here at Franciscan University. But for beginners, intermediate, and advanced, for believers, for unbelievers, for non-Catholics, anti-Catholics, ex-Catholics, the whole thing. The St. Paul Center's website, Emmaus Road, uh, the publishing house, we just try to make as many materials available to help people find the answers to all of life's questions, but especially to find Christ himself. So that website, if you want to give it out, how can people find out more about the St. Paul Center? Yeah, you can just Google it or simply go to the com and you will find so many good resources there. I am sure that uh, you know you can end up spending hours and hours going down that rabbit hole. It's the Saint Paul Center dot com. It's S T S T A U L C E N T E R dot com. So Saint is abbreviated. Saint Paul Center dot com. It's better to go down this rabbit hole than the rabbit hole of YouTube, right, Doctor Han? I think so. I don't. Yeah, I, I'm not that uh, tech savvy. I do check out internet uh, a lot and YouTube's when my kids are home. But uh, there you go. This is Truth Bob Unplugged.
He is so much fun to talk to and listen to, isn't he? Dr. Scott Hahn, just part of the conversation I was able to have, uh, part of Seek 2019, presented by Focus. And by the way, I did mention earlier on in the podcast, but just wanted to remind you that if you want to hear the full-length interview that I had with Dr. Scott Hahn and some of the other interviews I did at Focus, well, you can download the relevant radio app to your smartphone and grab it in the Google Play Store and the Apple iTunes Store. But if you have the relevant radio app, you'll see there's a link to listen to the premiere podcast. And that's going to bring you all of the great content that was recorded, a part of Seek 2019. So that, that was just part of the interview with Dr. Han. There's a lot more. You'll actually be able to find out who his favorite saint is. So that's part of the interview that you didn't hear. So grab the relevant radio app to your phone and hope you enjoy the rest of that interview and lots of the other great interviews that were done there. So, well, it's going to wrap up Truth Pop Unplugged. We'll get back to another song that we analyze. Kathy, the other half of Cake, will be back with us next time. So hope you join us too. God bless. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. You're on social? Cool. So are we. Connect with Truth Pop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This is Truth Pop.